Hey, podcast listener, are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast, where you'll hear from women entrepreneurs who are doing good in the world, from spark to screw up to success. Thinking big is in their core. It's in yours and it's in mine. I've traveled to 50 countries and seven continents, done an Ironman, and co-founded a company that has generated millions of dollars for sustainability. My name is Geraldine Carter, and I'm delighted to share with you conversations and coaching with amazing women. Time to get inspired and grow your impact. All right, ladies, I'm here to talk to you today about planning for your business in 2019. So we have to start with a question, which is, have you created a plan for your business for 2019? And if you're like most women I know, you probably haven't. And that's okay, except it's not really great. And the reason is that you're likely to be leaving a lot of money and free time on the table. Because here's what I notice happening. We're so busy in our businesses that we tell ourselves, I don't have time to take a half a day to step out of my business and plan. And my mind is such a swirl and a whirlwind, I wouldn't be able to figure it out anyways. Or if you have employees, you tell yourself, there's no way that I can step away from my business for a day or a half a day. There's too much stuff to take care of, and they need me to be here to help them move forward. Now, I appreciate that there's a lot of work to do in your business. And the problem that I see is that without intentional time to step away from the busyness and the day-to-day of your business, we end up running our businesses somewhat haphazardly. And for many of you, this is working to some degree. For some of you, it's not, and it's really painful. But for most of you for whom it's working, haphazard, it works, but it would work a lot better if you were intentional about what you were trying to create for 2019. My estimate is that without a plan, you're probably leaving anywhere from 10 to 20%, if not more, of potential profit on the table. And that with a plan, you could be making 20% more than you are right now in this year. Why is that? Here are a few themes that I see across my clients. The first one is that they're in too many places. They're trying to do too many things. They have too many offerings, too many packages, too many types of offerings, and too much ancillary work. Because they're trying to serve in too many directions, they're tending towards jack of all trades and master of none. They're really good at what they do. But a lot of people around them are also really good at what they do. And being really good at what you do is in some ways a bare minimum, right? We really want to be excellent at what we do. We want to be in our zone of genius. We want to be the person 
who gets pointed to when someone has a problem, they say, oh, you've got to go talk to Beth. She's the best at helping you figure out your problem. When we're trying to serve too many different audiences or too many different types of people or too many markets, we end up diffusing our attention and our expertise. And in not becoming an expert, it means our rates stay on the sort of mediocre or medium side. And when we become an expert, then it becomes easier to charge more, to charge what you're worth, and to start bringing home the profit that you want to be living on. The second problem that I see with my clients is not mapping their workload to a realistic calendar. We tend to operate in this sort of fictional or magical thinking around there just being time to do the things that we want to do with our business and with our clients. And we cram in more clients than fit in a week and end up with an overflowing backlog to catch up on all the deliverables and to-dos that come out of meeting with our clients. So they've got a backlog of work, all this stuff to catch up on, and then it creates this internal pressure cooker where there's so much to do and so many important things that really need to get done now that we actually end up wasting time spinning out, bouncing back and forth between which priority should I go after. These four things need to get done in the next hour and each of them takes 20 minutes. I can only pick three. Which ones do I pick? And then you've wasted 10 minutes just juggling your to-do list. So the numbers don't add up. The time doesn't add up. The numbers just don't line up. We operate in this sort of fuzzy kind of haphazard way of doing it. It doesn't all work. And it's no wonder that we end up feeling stressed and anxious. The thing is that we are creating that stress and that anxiety by the decisions that we make about how we run our businesses. So let me give you a couple of examples just to bring this down to the ground level. I've worked with two of my clients this week on getting clear about what we're creating for 2019. What are they doing with their businesses? And with the first one, I asked her, what's her goal for income for 2019? And she said her better goal is 60 and her stretch goal is 80. And I asked her if that was revenue or profit. And she goes, oh, good question. Because in her business, her expenses are about $20,000. So if we're talking revenue of 60,000 minus 20,000 expenses, that's profit of 40K, which isn't enough for her to live on with her family. So now the revenue goal needs to be 80K and the stretch goal becomes 100K with 20K of expenses and a goal to bring those expenses down to 15K. So suddenly that shifts things, right? If she now has a revenue goal, let's just for easy math, do a revenue goal of 100K with expenses for easy math, let's do 20K. That brings us down to 80K. Now, her packages currently were at $2,000 per client. That's 50 clients for the year. And she sees her clients for an hour each every other week. So if you do that math, that's 50 hours every other week. That's 25 clients a week for an hour each. That's intense given the nature of her work. It's totally not viable. It's not viable for her to make 100K with a package at $2,000. It simply doesn't fit into the work week. So say you have a goal for 100K, think about is that 50 clients at 2,000? Is that 20 clients at 5,000? Is that 10 clients at 10,000? Or is it 20 clients at 5,000? 
And whatever that answer is based on how you work in your business, you need to ask yourself, do those clients actually fit in my calendar? With all the follow-up work that there is to do after I see a client, where does that work fit in my calendar? Walking through this exercise with her was incredibly helpful because suddenly she saw that her goal of bringing home 60K meant that she really needed to shift some things in her business. And she'd been holding on to some products offering services that she really enjoyed that were bringing in a bit of side income, but in the sort of like 5K range annually that she was hesitant to let go of. But once she saw on paper on a spreadsheet that she needed to have 50 clients at 2000 a piece and that those people didn't fit into her calendar, that that was unrealistic. Suddenly it became clear to her that she needed to let go of all the other ancillary stuff that she was doing that she enjoyed because it was getting in the way of her meeting her goals. The other piece that became clear in this exercise was that 50 clients times 2000 also doesn't make sense. So now our work together is to figure out how does she redesign what she's offering and increase its value so that she can have offerings that are more along the $5,000 range so that she can have 20 clients for the year. And suddenly there's breathing room and that becomes viable. It also becomes clear that in order to be charging, in her case, $5,000 per client per year, that she needs to become an expert in what she's doing and dedicate her time into honing her craft and honing her skills. I'm going to talk more about this in an upcoming episode around focusing your time and energy. But for the purposes of this conversation, what I want you to see is that in a 90-minute conversation with her, we were able to really get clear about how the numbers were running in her business, what was working, what wasn't working, what she was doing that she needed to let go of in service of her bigger goals. And that when you put all of this on paper, the numbers won't lie to you. The reality becomes clear of what it's going to take in order for you to get to where you want to get. And we get out of the sort of fictional and magical thinking mode of, I want to make this amount of money. And as if simply saying it and declaring it is going to make it possible. Now we do, of course, want to say it and declare it. And the numbers also need to add up. A second example with someone I met with yesterday had the sort of opposite problem. Too many clients, not enough time, totally backlogged, overwhelmed, and stressed out. Her goal is to maintain her income because she's making enough and she's comfortable and to get her life and her business under control because her business and her clients are dominating her life. And that, of course, has ripple effects that are playing out in her relationship and her, you know, hasn't gone on vacation in two years and doesn't have time to go rock climbing and stuff like that. So our job was to look at her client load, how much she's charging, and her time. And what's happening for her is that she's running her calendar by default. She's letting clients just pop up in her calendar wherever they appear, kind of willy-nilly. She also has a deep desire to serve. And I know a lot of you out there want to serve. You have something important of value to offer that helps people live a more whole, healthier life. Because she has this strong desire to serve, she justifies in her mind squeezing people into her calendar. She says, oh, this person really needs to see me. I know they're in pain. I'm going to see if I can get them in. And she shoehorns them in. Of course, there's follow-up to do from every client. And she now has a deep backlog of catch-up work. 
And of course, she can't find time to do the catch-up work because she keeps allowing clients to pop into her schedule. So our first order of business was to figure out what are we going to do just for January? Let's just tackle January and get you back to sanity. So even though she thinks in her mind she quote unquote should be able to see 20 people a week, when we actually looked at it and added up how much time it takes per client on average to do the work afterwards and to do the prep work beforehand, reality is more like maximum of 18 and a good number is like 15. So for the month of January, I asked her if she would be comfortable just capping it at 12 per week if financially that was viable. And she said it was. So for the remaining three weeks of January, she's capping it at 12 a week in order to open up time to catch up on the backlog of stuff. Because what was happening for her was like I described earlier, way too many to-dos, stuff that really is important and has to get done. You've got an hour, you've got four things that each take 20 minutes. It just doesn't fit. And you lose 10 minutes to swirling around trying to figure out which one to do first. So once we cleared the way for her to get through January, then we look at February and beyond. If she wants to see 15 clients a week, when does she want to see them? Does she want to see five clients on three days a week? Or does she want to see three clients five days a week? Does she want to see clients back to back to back and then do the follow-up work all in a giant chunk? Or does she want to see client one and then have a half an hour to do follow-up work and then see client two and have a half an hour to do follow-up work and see client three and have a half an hour to do follow-up work, which works better for her brain. I was thinking she was going to go for option B, but she went for option A. She wants to see clients back to back to back and then have a giant chunk to just do follow-up work all in one space. So we designed her calendar so that Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, she sees her five clients Wednesday and Friday. She does client related work and Friday afternoon is reserved for all things admin, catch up and planning. She looked at her calendar and went, ah, that feels doable. And this is where I want you to get is a place where your calendar feels doable, sustainable. It feels like there's breathing room and it's enough workload at the right price that it meets and satisfies your income goals. Now, when we do this, there's always mindset stuff to move out of the way. There's money mindset stuff which often looks like undercharging. Most of the women I work with are not charging in line with what is commensurate with their value. They're undercharging because they either feel guilty or they're fearful or they don't know how to tell their clients they're raising their rates or a host of reasons. I can help you get past those things. For sure, I'm not talking about raising your rates in some kind of exorbitant way or price gouging. That's not where we're at. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about raising your rates so that they make sense. It's likely that in this conversation, your own mind is going to sneak in and raise a host of objections like, but I can't do that because, but, 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 oh my God, no. And you're likely to feel pretty uncomfortable. And what my clients say is that they feel uncomfortable and nervous, and it also feels right. And that's the spot that we want to find for you, right? Is something that stretches you and also feels right. Another mindset thing that often comes in with calendaring and blocking your time and grouping like tasks with like tasks is that people say it feels really constraining. They say that it feels like they're boxed in. They feel a little bit nervous and a little bit anxious about implementing it. But the calendars that I create with my clients are always custom that work for them. It's got to work for them. It has to work for you. Otherwise, you just won't do it. Right. And there's no one size fits all here. This is something that takes time to figure out what works for you, what keeps you in the flow so that you're doing your best work and you've got breathing room. 
it can get squirrely here because a lot of us are used to being victims of our own calendars, right? As if we don't have control of them. And the mindset shift here is around being proactive about your calendar and getting ahead of the game, looking months ahead and looking at the whole year and asking yourself, what do I want my work week to look like? Considering when are my kids out of school? Like, where are those surprise early out Thursdays that you're like, oh my God, no, not early out Thursday. I have a client at two. That doesn't work. When are they on spring break? When are they on summer vacation? And building your work calendar around that, anticipating all of that stuff so that you can get ahead of it and you're not caught unaware around, oh crap, my kids are out on Monday and I've got four clients. I need to find a sitter in a hurry, right? That's not a fun feeling. And rescheduling four clients just means that the following week is that much more jam-packed. Another really squirrely thing that comes into play here is getting outside your comfort zone and experiencing something that feels different. So at first, my clients feel a bit uncomfortable about blocking out their time. But two weeks later, they come back and they go, oh my God, it's so freeing. Things run so much more smoothly. Here's another place where things can get squirrely. A lot of us are used to running on anxiety, stress, and overwhelm. They're really familiar feelings to us. They're uncomfortable. We don't like them. We wish we didn't have them, but there's something so familiar about it that it can be difficult to let it go. It's sort of like that bad boyfriend that you keep going back to, even though you know he's wrong for you. My own experience in life is that for a long time, stress was my constant companion. And I remember it starting my junior year in high school. My mom will tell me that it started when I was like three. (laughs) But I remember my junior year, US history, AP French, which I totally bombed, by the way, much to the disappointment of my French mother. physics, AP biology, college applications. I mean, I was just a stress box. And then I went off to college and I was in an engineering program at a well-known university that was like a massive pressure cooker and almost prided itself on the failure rate of its students. And I was so stressed out. And then after college, I went off and I led bicycle tours and it was a demanding job. I mean, it sounds really fun and it was super fun, but it was also really demanding, right? It was like high-end clients with a lot of moving parts and stuff like border agents who don't want to let your vans and bicycles through and you've got a deal on the fly, right? And I just remember being stressed out all the time and it was familiar and I knew it. And it also gave me this sort of false sense of adrenaline energy that I operated on. And I remember in my early 30s when one of my teachers was like, yes, Geraldine, it's possible for you to live without stress and fear. And I was like, what? You're joking, right? Me without stress and fear? You've got to be kidding. Like, that's not possible. There's no way. And I didn't believe him, but I also believed him. But I just couldn't see it for myself. And the work that I had to do was around trusting that things were going to be okay and letting go of this constant companion of stress and fear and replacing it with something more like relaxed and calm. And it took me a long time to get used to relaxed and calm. Even though it was something that I said I wanted, anytime I felt it, I would look around and be like, when's the other shoe gonna drop? Something's not right here. It was so unfamiliar and new to me that I would sabotage myself and then I would go and put some big project on my plate to create a bunch of stress to get that familiar feeling back. So I need to watch out for this in my own life where my natural tendency, my old habit, is to make myself super busy and put self-imposed fictional unnecessary deadlines on myself to create a pressure cooker, to create stress, to make myself get active and get busy and get a bunch of shit done. All in service of creating this like false energy, this false sort of stress that is 
like a really old, comfortable blanket that I should have thrown out years ago. But I notice that sometimes I'll go back there and I'll go back to creating my life that way, creating a bunch of pressure cooker for myself because it feels old and familiar. I see a lot of you doing this in similar ways, creating your own anxiety, creating your own sense of overwhelm. And when I talk about anxiety, I'm talking about all lowercase anxiety, right? I'm talking about garden variety anxiety, general nerviness, general worry, that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about capital A anxiety, and I'm certainly not talking about all caps anxiety, right? If those are your experiences and you need help, go get help from somebody who specializes in that. But I'm talking about just your garden variety, low-grade anxiety, low-grade overwhelm that is common for us in our culture today. What choices are you making in your day, in your week, in your month, in your year that creates the situation that lends itself to more anxiety for you? And are you doing it because it feels familiar and the absence of anxiety, calm, peace, relaxed, almost feels uncomfortable to you? Even though it's what you want, it feels uncomfortable and you look around like, what's wrong? So be on the lookout for ways you might be sabotaging your desire to experience calm, relaxed, peace because you're so used to running on overwhelm and anxiety. Okay, so what do we do with all this? If you do nothing else with this podcast episode, block off three hours before the end of January, to take time to look at your business. A whole day would be better, but three hours at a minimum. And I want you to look at 2018. Look at your financials. If your financials aren't clean, goal number one needs to be clean up your financials because it's really challenging to run a successful, profitable business in the way you want to, stress-free and all of it, if you don't have clear financials. So step one, look at your financials for 2018. What worked well? What didn't work well? What are your customers? What are your clients responding to? Where can you focus your attention? What can you get rid of? Most of you are doing between four and six things and should be doing one or two or three. What can you get rid of so that you can focus your attention and become an increasing expert in what you're doing? How much money do you want to be making in 2019? Get your revenue goals in a spreadsheet along with your expense goals and your profit goals, and make sure that those are all separate things. Profit and revenue are not one and the same. Just because you make $2 million doesn't mean you take home $2 million, right? One of my clients, their business generates $4 million and they take home 150. I have another client whose revenue is 150 and she takes home 125. So get clear about how much you wanna be taking home because that's really the number that matters the most. Then I want you to make sure that The revenue goals that you have listed have a formula behind them that supports that number. So if your goal is 200K, you need something in there that's something like 10 times 20,000 equals 200K, right? It's got to be viable. The math needs to add up. Then I want you to think about where all those people fit into your calendar. Where and when does that work get done? And I want you to leave at least 10% of your calendar as just plain white space. And I want you to consider putting in two hours a week of just thinking time. Because your best ideas come when you're doing nothing. Your best ideas don't come when you're multitasking and in a flutter of work. Your best ideas come when your hands and your mind is quiet. You'll walk away feeling so much better about your business. And better is not a feeling, right? Better is just a judgment about your feeling. Gives us no information. So you'll walk away feeling more calm, more at peace about your plan, which means that 
you can trust that you're headed in the right direction. When you sit down at your desk in the morning, you know what to work on rather than sitting down at your desk and looking at a bunch of sticky notes and trying to organize your day. You'll move more quickly through what you need to get done. You'll be much less stressed. And dare I say, this might be hard for you to believe, that you will be able to enjoy your business. Just imagine yourself sitting down at your desk and enjoying your business, being excited about it, rather than where so many of you are right now, which is stressed, anxious, and overwhelmed about it. I want you to sit down at your desk and be confident and excited about what you're working on that day. And you'll also feel calm, trusting, and knowing that the money lines up and you can stop worrying about when the other shoe is going to drop. If you want to be able to print out these seven steps to create your strategic plan in 2019, head over to my website, shethinksbigpodcast.com forward slash 017, where you can download a free PDF that has these seven steps listed out in order. If you want to do strategic planning with me, I would love to work with you. I offer a strategic planning package that includes background prep work on my end so that I understand inside your business which includes sending me your profit and loss, screenshots of your calendar, so I know how you're really spending your time. And then we sit down for three hours and we go through what's been working well, what hasn't been working well, what needs to change, what you need to let go of, and what you need to focus on. We get clear about your revenue goals, your expense goals, and your profit goals. We map out the finances to make sure that they all make sense and add up. And then we map out your calendar and make sure it all fits together. I send you on your way to execute for a couple of weeks And then we have another follow-up call to see how things are going and what needs to be adjusted. Ladies, I know you have it in you to create a business that supports you, that supports others and has an important impact, that meets your financial needs and goals, and that fits easily in your calendar, leaving you time to spare to relax and enjoy the other parts of your life. I know you can do it. If you want to connect with me, the best way is to send me an email, geraldine at shethinksbigpodcast.com. In the spirit of simplifying my own business, I'm going to be spending way less time on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook because I'm just finishing up a great book called Deep Work by Cal Newport that I'm going to tie together with Blue Ocean Strategy, Brain Rules, and Work Less, Make More to make a convincing argument that women who focus, hone, and streamline their businesses to become deep experts in their field are far better off than the ones who stay generalist at best or at worst scattered and dispersed. It's going to be a great episode. It'll be up next week. In the meantime, reach out to me if you have questions, comments, concerns, or anything. I'd love to hear from you. All right, ladies, get after your 2019 plan, and I'll see you next week. If you want to find out more about the She Thinks Big podcast or hear previous episodes, head on over to my website, shethinksbigpodcast.com. And of course, I want to know what you're thinking big about. I hope you'll share in the She Thinks Big Facebook group. I love hearing from listeners because here in my studio, all I hear is crickets and my meowing cats. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please do leave me a raving five-star review. You can write to me at Geraldine at SheThinksBigPodcast.com. And if you want to send a tweet, I'm at Geraldine Carter. You've been listening to She Thinks Big. See you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.